Job chapter number 42, we want to start reading in verse number 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou can't... Y'all still turning? Alright, I'm going to give you three seconds. If you got a Schofield Bible, I'm on page 597. 597, Job chapter 42, verse number 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not, things too wonderful for me which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. Verse 5 will be our text tonight. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. I want to read verse 5 again. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Lord, for the good congregation singing. Lord, for this special song. Lord, I'm glad that that these young folks will sing, and they'll sing when they're asked to, and they'll sing the song that the preacher never can remembers the name of it. God, I'm thankful, Lord, that there is a song in my heart. God, you had said you'd put one there in Psalm 40, and God, 30 plus years ago, you put a song in my heart. And God, it's one to lift you up. It's one to lift up the name of Christ. And God, we thank you for that. Lord, that's what we want to do tonight. Lord, we pray that you'd touch the few scriptures that we've read tonight. Allow it to touch someone's heart. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've said, I guess probably copying Brother McNeese that, that I'd like to preach for 15 or 20 minutes. And I, I, Brother David, he was talking this morning. He said, my introductions aren't even that short. But uh, tonight, I want to kind of get right into it. And I'll not take very long. And uh, just in case there's any question, yes, I smell the meat. And uh, no, that's not why I'm going to be short tonight. It's just what's on my heart. Um, a testimony is an important, probably one of the most important parts of a Christian. It's something that only you can have. Um, now, I can give your testimony if I've heard it enough. And like many of you, you can give my testimony. You can say, my preacher says this. But it's not going to carry the weight as if I were to tell it. Oftentimes, a testimony is misunderstood by the ones hearing it but most of the time by the ones that's expected to give it. Not only is it misunderstood, but too often it's kept hidden. And uh, I want to encourage you tonight just to tell your story. This week, uh, of course, Thursday night, I told somebody at the end of the week that I feel like the entire service Thursday was leading up to our people testifying. And I told you this morning, most of our people stood and testified. The, the ones that stood were our people is what I mean. And uh, there's some that didn't, and that didn't bother me, not one bit in the world. Um, but it thrilled my heart that our folks stood, and it wasn't just folks that came in. But uh, this week I had an opportunity, at least three separate occasions, to give different parts of my testimony. One, I think, was Tuesday. I was able to, to testify on the platform about what God did for me. But then two other times in kind of the privacy, one in the privacy of my own home, 
one on Marco Polo with a preacher that was here and had to leave. Uh, but I just want to share this, just a couple things. And if you're taking notes, good luck. Um, I, I, I don't have a structure tonight. But I want you to know tonight if... And, and I talked to, to my girls and I said, Girls, you, you're both saved by your own testimony. And I said, I'm praying that God would allow you to testify. And I told one of them, I said, two weeks ago in church, I sat on the front pew and I pointed at a young man and I said, you go ahead and testify. And I said to the one, I said, you were next. And I decided against it. Now that might upset people that you that I call on people to testify. And I don't typically do that. But Thursday night I felt led to do that. That day, it was Nathan. Remember that, Nathan? I asked you to testify. And uh, on the urging of the Lord, I will do it. But typically not until the Lord asks me to do it. I'll open up the floor to testimonies. And a lot of times, it's just crickets, just dead. Nobody wants to stand and tell. And so we say things, if God's been good to you, stand and testify. If you, if, if, if your mama was a woman, stand and testify. You know, we, we try to get folks in it and to stand and sometimes it just doesn't work. So I'm just going to give you what, what I was able to share this week and I hope that it'll bless you. And I'm probably not going to give all my testimony, but I want you to know if I, if I could say, number one, there is a testimony of salvation. And uh, you should not be ashamed of your testimony of salvation. Now, I, I've told you before, I've got a testimony that, that very, very few that I've heard of have. I was saved when I was 12 years old. I had been in church for several years, made a profession of faith, and God showed me that I was lost. But God, God saved me out of some things, and I'll not recount those just, just because. But I'm glad that, that God did deliver me out of some things. But I'm here to tell you that God saved me from a lot of things. I've never put liquor to my mouth. I've never put marijuana or drugs in my body. I've never done those things. And I praise God. That's a testimony of salvation. He brought, think about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was crippled, but yet David went to Mephibosheth and brought him out of the land of Lodabar, out of a place of no bread, placed him under the table of the king so he looked like one of the rest of the boys at the table, but then he also kept him from hunger. He kept him from thirst. He kept him from going back in what he grew up in. And and that's what God did for me at salvation. And that's probably what God has done for you. But if not, that's still part of your testimony. Somebody said the other night that their testimony was not pretty. Hallelujah! I, woo, I got some echo, man. I felt like a big preacher right then. I don't know where it came from, but it sounded good. But listen, just because your testimony is not pretty is okay. So what? So what that you got saved and fell into sin and God brought you up out of it, put you, uh, Ashton said, put you back on the right track and you fell again and God was merciful and did it again. Testify about God's goodness. Now, yes, there's a lot probably to be embarrassed about, but that's your story. That's what God has done for you. And it's all dependent on Him. If it had not been for God picking you up and putting you back on the track, you'd still be out there. So testify about it. 
Maybe before you were saved, you were in all kinds of stuff and you were sleeping with every woman or every man and, and maybe you were drinking and you had drugs and all, you, maybe you sold drugs, you're in prison, you're, you're marked, your body's marked up. Bless God, hallelujah! That's your story and God's not done with it, amen! So go ahead and tell it! This is what I was. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I... Go ahead and tell it. Go ahead and tell it. Maybe you were that little boy, that little girl on the front pew or somewhere mixed in the church and uh, you never did anything wrong. You, you, you never said a bad word. You never went any place that you shouldn't go. Guess what? That's your story. And tell it. God didn't have to save me out of all this wickedness. All I had to realize is that I was a sinner and I got saved in the church and look where I am now. That's your story. Don't be ashamed to share it. I remember, and I'm going to call his name, I remember Brother Phil Kidd. At this juncture in time, I don't know how much of it was true. Some of y'all know what I mean. (sighs) I don't know how much of it was true, Brother Deke, but man, he laid it out. And he did this, and he did this, and he was on this, and he was going, he was fixing to die. He was, I mean, just right down the line. And I'm sitting there. I want a testimony like that. And again, God talks to me kind of rough, Brother Sonny. He said, dummy, no you don't. You don't want to be in jail. You don't want to have have killed, almost killed somebody. You don't want to have all this in your mind alive, brother David. Man, you, I told you this morning how my mind sometimes works, and God's forgotten. Somebody help me right there. God's forgotten all the things that I've done. Amen. He's forgotten all the things I've repented. He's forgotten all the things that I've I've gotten forgiveness of, but I hadn't. And every once in a while, man, alive, I sit in bed, I lay in bed, or I'll get in my office. And I told you just a few weeks ago, I sat down there and I wasn't doubting my salvation, not one bit in the world. But Brother Deke, I said, God, I, I know I'm saved, but I just want you to make sh- make me know for sure. And it wasn't but about 30 seconds after that, the joy started filling my soul. And he start, he doesn't, he doesn't bring up your past to rub your nose in it, Sister Barbara, but he brought out my past and he said, do you remember this? He said, I, I washed you clean from that. Do you remember this? He said, I forgave you of that. Do you remember the time that you did this? I said, yeah, God. And he said, you're no longer that anymore. Look what I've done for you. Look where I brought you. And Lord God Almighty, I had me forevermore a time. See, there's a testimony of your salvation. Now, now, there's, for, for some, there's a testimony of a call. I wanted to tell Sabad this week, but, my call to preach was not, I don't feel like it was normal. I did not run from God to preach. I wanted to preach. Bubba, I preached to the squirrels and the rabbits and the sticks and the pine cones out in the woods. And I hoped every one of them would realize they was going to hell and they'd get saved. I was, I never did baptize anybody, but I was wanting to take them down to the little creek down the road. Baptize me a rabbit in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I wanted so bad to preach. My, a friend of mine, I'll not call his name, a friend of mine, he came to my dad and myself. Um, probably back in, I'd say, August, September of 1993. And he said, God is calling me to preach. And my heart just welled up. And I said, 
Woo! Thank you, Lord. I'm wanting to preach, but God's calling you to preach. And we went to camp meeting at Wiley Wooten's down in Homosassa Springs. And all that October, God began to work on him and work on him and work on him. And he was so close, Samuel. He was so close to falling into God's will and getting on track with the Lord. And he came home on that last Sunday of October. And he was there Sunday morning and Sunday night. And then he was there Sunday morning and not Sunday night. Then he was there every other Sunday. And now he's been out nearly 30 years. He's been out of church. He ran from the call of God. You know what happened? You can't convince me otherwise. He told God no. And I had a willing heart. And God allowed me His call. Why? I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. But see, you may have a call on your life. And it's okay to testify about it. It's okay to say, I'm so unworthy. I do not deserve this. But God saw fit to place me into the ministry or to call me into something or do this or do that. He's given me a talent. He's given me possessions that I can help the work of God. That's a testimony that you can tell. And then number three, and I gave this to Brother Benjamin Watson. Brother Benjamin Watson was here, big old dude from Alabama, and the first time ever being here. And he stood back here, and I said, man, I'd love to hear your story, because he was kind of telling a little bit at a time. And his wife uh, had a, uh, I guess it was a stillbirth. Um, she, she, she lost a baby. And, um, and you know, back in 2017, Lori and I lost two little babies, Carlin and Dalen. I got their, I got their, um, uh, what do you call those things that you take a picture of in the womb? Um, ultras, I got their ultrasounds right here. And I know which one's which. Brother Jim, this hit me this morning. <laughs> they fell out of my Bible, Brother David, when I was turning one of your scriptures. They fell out. And I got to looking at these and I said, well, that one's Carlin and that one's Dalen. Now, if I were to turn it around, you wouldn't know which one's which, would you? But I'm glad God knows which one we are. We may all look the same, we may sound the same, we may do the same things, but glory be to God, the Father knows His children, amen? And so I looked and I saw Miss Carlin right here, and I said, man, I wonder what she's doing. And I, I got a feeling, I got a feeling if Dalen, I got a feeling she may be the one child in heaven getting, getting in trouble. I feel like she might be like her big sister Braylon, and just in all kinds of stuff. But I got to telling Brother Benjamin Watson about these two little ones. I said, we prayed and we really did feel like God gave us liberty to, to try for another little baby. And got pregnant with Carlin, celebrated at the house. Tony, I don't know if you were there. Were you there? Celebrated. We still got the little, the little onesie. Still got the little onesie that, that we made to celebrate it. Just a couple weeks after that, we found out that we lost the baby. We were devastated. Could not, could, didn't know what to do. I asked God why. And I've, I've asked Him since then. I, I don't have an answer. I say I don't have an answer, Brother Buster, but if I did have an answer, it's so I have a testimony. God has furthered my testimony. I told you I wasn't going to preach long, but I didn't know all this was coming. So we thought about just giving up and prayed and prayed and felt like God said, no, I told you. I'm going to give you a little one. And so, enter Dalen. We were so happy, but we were so scared, Brother Deke. We just lost one. Never, never been through that in our lives. 
And honestly, up until that point, we hadn't really heard that many people around us that had dealt with that. But since then, God has placed so many. Brother Terry, you and, and Tabitha, we've talked about it. And there's probably folks that have had miscarriages in here that I don't even know about. But God allowed me to be able to share the testimony, not just that we lost the two children, but that God gave grace during that time and has allowed us to help other men. Men struggle with it too. We didn't carry them in our womb. But men struggle with it too. My wife has been able to talk to ladies and tell them, not knowing how she got through it, but that she, come on, help me, that she got through it. Amen? One foot in front of the other. One step after another. See, that's part of my testimony. And you have a testimony too. Don't, don't think for a moment that as a child of God, these, these hills and these valleys and these curves and these, these 88 days in the hospital, uh, almost losing your wife, almost losing yourself, Miss Samantha. Don't think that God just says, oh, I'm going to give you this. We'll see what you do. No, 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 no. He's got a plan. And whether it's seen or not immediately, better mark it down. One of these days you'll be, you'll be able to testify about it. Then, I told, Are y'all taking notes? It's supposed to be a testimony of salvation, a testimony of God's call, and then a testimony of personal experiences. That's where we're at right now. Almost done. Then I told Brother David, I grabbed you the other night, and I told you my conversation with uh, um, right there, where they Brother Gant Morgan. They came to the house on Thursday. And uh, we were just talking and we had already been down fishing and we were drinking coffee and we were doing stuff that grown-ups do. And, and the, man, they got the coolest little kids. I, I thought my kids were cool, but they've done grown out of it. They've got the coolest kid. Anna Ruth and Will. If you see him again, his real name is Jedediah. It's not, but it makes me feel good on the inside if you call him that. Jedediah, he's already got a, a testimony. I don't know if the boy's saved or not. He's blessed me every night of the meeting, every service. He'd get up on the stage. He said, "Hey, preacher, that's good preaching." <laughs> kind of looked like Brother Dean in his gout self when he was walking around. But I got to tell Brother Gant about God moving and working in our life and bringing us from Knoxville, Tennessee, to America's Georgia. And I'm going to tell you men something. When you're, when you're sitting next to your wife and she begins to tell what God has done, it gonna do something for you. Men, I need you, but young men that are not married, I need you to find a woman that's gonna testify. Because the whole time she's testifying, my wife, the whole time she's testifying, God's saying, see, see, look, look what I've done. Look what I gave you. Look, ain't she pretty? Ain't she, don't, don't she smell nice? Oh yeah, she done all that. But he said, don't you love her even more? Because she's telling what God did. See, that's, that's our testimony. And God's still writing our stories. He is the Alpha. And the Omega. He is once upon a time and the end. And all of that in between is part of our testimony. We can tell what God brought us from. 
But we can also testify about what God kept us from. We can tell about the calls and the leading that God has, has done in our hearts. We can tell about those personal experiences. Maybe you lost your job. You didn't know how in the world you were going to make it. All of a sudden, somehow, against all odds, and against your checkbook, your bills got paid. Makes no sense. That's God. That's part of your testimony. God moves you from one place to the next. If you're in His will, that's God. That's part of your story. And tell it. I want us to stand tonight. I'm glad tonight that I've got a testimony. And it's not like everybody else's. It's not cookie cutter. But what it is, is mine. And can't nobody steal that from me. One of these days I might forget some of the details. And if I do, I'll probably be like some of those preachers I used to get around. Just make stuff up. Make it sound real good. I don't know if they did that, but I feel really positive that they did. But in my heart, it will always be because of what God's done for me. And tonight, God's done stuff for you. Just the other night, as we were gathered under the tent, people that I did not expect to stand and testify stood and told about what God has done for them. Yeah, I called on several. But then God took it from there. And His people started testing, testifying. That's God. And so listen, the next time, next time I say, has anybody got testimony? It may not be, well, I'm saved. I thank God. God brought me out of the gutter and, and out of the mire and He brought me to... Maybe it's not that. Maybe you testify about last week. How that you had a flat tire on the side of the road with no flat tire. You know cars don't even come with spare tires anymore. My Dodge Dart, it ain't got a spare tire one, but it's got a pump in the back. Well, what's that going to do? Maybe you testify about having a flat tire and somebody that maybe they look rough. They don't look the part of some nice, good, Christian young man. Maybe they look like they ought to be in Hell's Angels or something like that. But they come and they help you. Wasn't it the book of Hebrews? The writer said you have entertained angels unaware. It'd be alright to testify about what God did last week. Maybe it's two years ago. Maybe it's something that you just plumb forgot about. And you realized that what happened so many years ago prepared you for where you are now. Just testify. And thank God for.